The nail in the coffin! Welcome to the Nail in the Coffin. I'm Tom. He's Travis. We are recording on Wednesday night. Trav, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Tino. How are you doing? I cannot complain. We uh, we got a big episode tonight. We do. One of our favorites. It uh, friend of the friend of the show. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah, we uh, big uh, big episode here. College football championship Saturday coming up. Always one of my favorite sports days, and. Uh, I believe this year with uh, four games on Saturday that are between top 10 teams, that's uh, only the second time in 80 years of the AP poll that that's ever happened. So pretty cool. I figured uh, we got to go to the A-list for it. So uh, joining us tonight, we got, uh, as you said, a certified friend of the show, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, welcome back. Hey, Tom, Travis, how you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Doing great, man. Um Bill uh, is a must-follow um, if you're a college football fan like we are. Uh, does great work. Um, I believe you had uh, different college football uh, playoff scenarios up today on the, uh, the Sporting News website, right? Yeah, my, our editor, Zach Al-Khatib, did that one. I was t- kind of tied up with some of the never-ending Tennessee coaching search yesterday, so we did that. And, I mean, we're, we're ready to go. I think uh, – in the four years of the college football playoff, this is probably the most intriguing conference championship weekend we've had. Just to set the record straight before we get too far, um, I have not interviewed for the Tennessee coaching job. I think I might be the only person who has not been offered the job at this point, but uh, nevertheless, what a I'm mess that is. Not, I'm assuming you just didn't interview because you told them even you don't want it. <laughs> Bill, that's a mess. What What's going on in Knoxville? Uh, what hasn't gone on? I mean, I think it really went off the rails Sunday with the Greg Schiano debacle. And, um, you know, just every side of that was wrong. I think, uh, except for Greg Schiano, I think he, uh, he, all he's done is kind of revive his coaching career over the last two years at Ohio state. Um, the protests got out of control. I think, the thing they did wrong was they didn't, and in this day and age where everything's on Twitter and social media, they didn't even like float Greg Schiano out there. It was like done secretly somehow. And when it backfired, it just got really ugly. And I don't think the train has gotten back on the track since then. I mean, you've seen Gundy and Cutcliffe and now Lane Kiffin's trolling them. It's a... I, Tom, I've never seen anything like it in terms of the coaching carousel. I mean, there's been odd things happen along the way, but nothing on this level. I'm I'm just uh, – the Lane Kiffin stuff on Twitter, by the way, has been hilarious. He, he's got a game this weekend, doesn't he? He does, and, you know, that's uh, – he's kind of the uh, – you make the comparison. He's kind of the southern Jim Harbaugh, but, but I think with less of a track record. And uh, he, But he's definitely – not shy on Twitter, and uh, it's certainly adding fuel fuel to the fire here. I mean, I honestly don't know. I mean, what I couch now is because they're talking to Dave Doran. I said they went into this with, like, John Gruden as the ceiling, and they may land a guy that is 33-30 and 30 at North Carolina State. That, that seems just 
unheard of. I mean, Dave Doran's not all that different than Butch Jones was. Yeah, does it, it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off a little bit here, but it sort of seems like um, I don't remember who it was. Someone made the analogy on Twitter. Uh, Tennessee seems like the five that goes to the bar and holds out all night for a ten. Like they don't really seem to grasp where they're at as a program right now, and they think you know they should have guys you know who's who of former successful coaches at their door just waiting to get in, and that's just not the case right now. Right, and you know you got to be realistic sometimes. I think the problem, and I wrote about this back on September 30th. I went to the Georgia game down there, and uh, I'll be clear telling you guys this: I think Tennessee is an awesome place, cool traditions. Very cool place to see a football game. Love the stadium. You hear Rocky Top, all of those things. But I watched them get beat by Georgia 41 nothing that day, and that was kind of the end of Butch Jones. You knew it was coming eventually. And then, but as I wrote that day, like the problem wasn't firing Butch Jones. The problem was finding the next coach. And this isn't a situation like Michigan with Harbaugh or Ohio State with Urban or – you know, even Miami with Mark Richt, there's just not that coach that fits other than unrealistic names like John Gruden. And, um, you know, Peyton Manning doesn't coach guys. So it's, it's something, like I said, it's off the, off the rails. And I honestly don't know how they get it back on. Well, there's still plenty of people uh, saying their prayers at night here in Cleveland that Peyton Manning's going to put out the dumpster fire. That's, uh, occurring in downtown Cleveland with the, the local professional football team. And I use that term loosely, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what Peyton Manning's future is, but uh, a whole lot of people seem to be praying on uh, having him uh, come to save the day, I guess. Yeah. Those people, you know, you know what you can say about hoping. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure people really even, I'm not sure why people would be that excited about it. I guess it's kind of a splashy hire, but I don't want to talk too much Browns today anyways. So nope. why are we bringing that up? No, but uh, uh, something that we can get excited about, lots of good uh, games on Saturday. Um, and Bill, as you had said, uh, a really intriguing conference championship uh, Saturday uh, afternoon and Saturday evening. Uh, let's kind of just set the stage here, and I think there's a few assumptions that we can make. Um, is it safe to say the winner of the SEC game is in? Yes, and that's where I'll be headed for us. Um Pretty excited about that game. I think Auburn is playing better than anybody in the country right now. I don't know that they are the best team in the country, but um, then, you know, Georgia gets a shot at redemption and with the one loss. But that's a long-winded way of saying, yes, uh, the winner of that game, I think it's the only one where the winner is guaranteed to be in, absolutely guaranteed. All right. Can we we all agree that the – Pac-12 in particular, USC has zero chance whatsoever, no matter what, even if they win? Is that the only one where the winner has no chance at all? Let's say USC would have to, like, win, but yeah. I mean, USC probably has, like, a less than 5% chance, because I never say never. You just don't know how much chaos can happen, but yeah, we can take that one off the table, and that one's Friday night anyway. Good. Uh, It's the undercard. Get it out of the way early. Um all right, ACC. I, I'm. I mean, you said the SEC is the only one where it's a, a sure thing, but I got to imagine that either Miami or Clemson, whoever wins that's getting in, right? Yeah, and, and the only reason I said that, like, 
if Miami wins an ugly game, because they're eleven and one, same record as Alabama, because they lost to Pitt, there would at least be that discussion. And I still think the ACC champion gets in no matter what. Clemson, some people are trying to make the argument that that they are in no matter what, win or lose. So that's another wrinkle in there. But I I do think that would be the next highest likelihood winners in no matter what. All right. Well, then going down the list then, Oklahoma, if they win, they're in? Yes. And, uh, you know, obviously TCU's the first chaos team. Um where if they bust Oklahoma up on Saturday, which isn't not ridiculous to think that they can. I mean, Gary Patterson rematch, you know, conference championship game, early kickoff. Uh, but yeah, Oklahoma in what they win if in if they win. And I don't. I mean, I'm kind of. I don't know if Travis agrees. I don't think TCU's in if they win. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think they're they're done. I don't think there's just too much ground to make up. I think. They're kind of the, the bracket buster of college football, then, in that case, I guess. Um, Wisconsin, then. They, they'd be the fourth team. I gotta, real quick, I want to sure. take a step back. I think Oklahoma has a chance to still get in if they lose. All right, make your case. They've got, of the teams that are left, they will have the second most impressive one in the season over Ohio State, obviously second only to Auburn's over Alabama. Um, they will have beaten TCU during the regular season. They beat, they have some pretty decent wins on their schedule in ter- as terms of uh, overall resume goes, they stack up with just about everybody else. And you're at that point, you're going to have to take it to a couple, two lost teams. Um, I, I think they have a chance. I'm not saying they're a lock, but I would think that they have a better chance to get in if they lose than TCU does if they win. That's a possibility. I had not even entertained bill. What do you think? Yeah, I think they they've got some outs if they lose. They also have Baker Mayfield. I mean, yeah, I was going to say the sells. draw of having the Heisman guy on there doesn't hurt. Yeah, I mean that's like an I know the committee isn't going to factor that in, but it's in the back. It's it gets in your head. I mean, he is the best player in college football this year. He's going to win the Heisman. Um, yeah, I think I'll, they have I'll some think outs. Michael DeCourcy would in, would disagree with you on that one. <laughs> well, Mike Mike does a nice job for us. I didn't. I we talked about that, and I, he may be right. Bar- Barkley was outstanding this year. I just think there were moments where, and not necessarily his fault, where it just didn't happen. So, but I mean Baker Mayfield. I I will say this about him: when I went to the Ohio State game earlier this year. It was clear to me early that he was the best player on the field. Like, watching the difference between him and JT Barrett, and that's not knocking JT. It's just it, it the flag planting incident that night overshadowed what a brilliant performance he put on at Ohio State at night where it's a tough place to win. I mean, I'm a diehard Ohio State guy. I thought that flag planting thing was wildly overblown, too. Like, I went to that game, and I sat through it, and I left the stadium miserable. Um, I was like, look at this clown trying to plant a flag in a turf field. Uh, but I, I didn't look at it with the uh, with the rage that a lot of other people did. But I'm with you. He's shown pretty much, even in their one loss uh, to Iowa State, he still played pretty damn well. Um, so he, he's not – like, you look at um, – Barkley. Barkley had a couple duds in there. Um, 
I think he had negative yards in the first half against Rutgers. Like he's just had some times where he just disappears. And like you said, it's not really his fault because he's really the only guy anybody tries to stop. But um, Mayfield's pretty much showed up pretty consistently despite all his little, you know, bouts of immaturity. Doesn't really, shouldn't really diminish that much what he's done on the field. Yep, and I agree. And that's why I think, you know, as it, it kind of leads into the next game where, you know, the the spice, the the what everybody's kind of going to be watching will be the Big Ten championship game. And if you're, you're Alabama, you're in that tough spot where you're rooting for Wisconsin to win, but you're rooting for like a 10. I would say once it gets over 10, if Ohio State wins – then the conversations get a little weird. So that's got to be a weird watch party if you're an Alabama fan on Saturday night. If provided, I, I do think if TCU beats Oklahoma, I think Alabama's in. I think that's the first thing that happens. And then uh, then then things could get weird from there. All right, so just just so we're clear, if Wisconsin wins, they're undefeated, they're, they're in. They're, they're a lock. Yeah, they should be too. I mean, I know the thing with that, though, I feel like they are this year's uh, – Washington, and I've had this, you know, we have a couple of Wisconsin grads at Sporting News, and there's been some back and forth, and I, I don't think Wisconsin would have won the Big Ten East. I mean, I'll, I'll come out and say that. I think Hornibrook turns the ball over too much when you've got to go through Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, and Ohio State. There would have been a couple losses in there. I, I mean, because look at Ohio State. I mean, they, they lost to Iowa. Uh, Penn State was asked to go through I think Penn State was asked to go through Michigan, Ohio State and Michigan State in three straight weeks and they came away with two losses by four points. I mean that's and they had Ohio State beat. So I just I, maybe that's just me with some Big 10 East bias there, but that, that that's that may not have anything to do with Saturday. I'm just saying they would have some losses on their ledger had they played in the other division. And Wisconsin got the this year would happen to be the friendliest draw possible um, for the Big Ten schedule, avoiding Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State. Um, Michigan was really the only was their toughest. Um, Michigan or Iowa, I guess you could probably argue either way. Uh, their toughest conference opponent. They avoided the three other good teams in the conference. So, and that's going to happen when you have you know fourteen teams and you got to divvy them up that way. But I think that's sort of. That's sort of what everybody's saying. You know, Wisconsin hasn't proven it against anyone. They're going to get a chance this week, and if they end up winning the Big Ten, they're in. If they don't, they're out. That's pretty straightforward, I think. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's some imbalance in the Big Ten right now. I mean, the East has four good teams, and I know, you know, this this podcast isn't – this probably fall on deaf ears, but I still think Michigan's a good football team. They just need a quarterback. And they – I mean, going back to that Wisconsin-Michigan game, I mean, Michigan had it – it was a tie game in the third quarter before Peters went down. So, I mean, it's not like they can't. They, I, the point being, I think Michigan is every bit of cap, as capable of winning the Big Ten West if you sl- slide them out and put Wisconsin on the other side. But it, that's a discussion for another day. I think what it comes down to is Ohio State will have victories piled up against Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, all ranked teams. And then, you know, they'll, that will be their playoff case with a uh, um, conference championship in hand if they're able to win the game. Yeah, see, so this kind of 
it ultimately feels like it boils down to me. If it comes down to a scenario of trying to debate Ohio State versus Alabama for a final playoff spot, is do you put a greater emphasis on rewarding accomplishments or penalizing failures? Because Ohio State's going to have several wins that are better than anything on Alabama's resume, but Bama also doesn't have a 30-point loss to Iowa, which is way worse than anything uh, that Bama turned in this year. Um, do you do you kind of see it that way, or am I oversimplifying it here? No, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, we can debate the conference strength and the conference championships and all those kind of things. But I think what it comes down to is, and I've been couching it this way all week, is Ohio State has a better resume than Alabama. And I mean, even if you do it this way, like LSU and Michigan State's about the same, but Mississippi State is not Penn State and they don't have a win as good as Wisconsin. And I do think the Florida State game was different at the time. So it's a weird juxtaposition there. I mean, they were a top five team with Francois, probably win nine or ten games if he doesn't get hurt but they get, they lost by 30 some points to boston college let's pump the brakes on how, how big a difference we really think francois made like they weren't just losing games because their quarterback was bad they weren't a good team this year they were wildly I mean, overrated i understand well, that yeah they went in with a three in front of their name but that three was before we saw them play any football whatsoever yeah but i'd say well I, my the only difference there is if they lose to alabama that was Boston College was the seventh game of the year. And by that point, they were two and three. So, and they dealt with the hurricane and their season was over and that was a give up game. And that happens to some teams. So, I mean, look at, they're struggling to get to a bull game now. So I do think it was, a, they would have been a lot different had DeAndre Francois not got hurt. I honestly think they would have been nine and three, maybe 10 and two, because they don't, I don't think they lose to Louisville. I don't think they lose to BC. I honestly don't think they they probably split NC State and Miami, and then uh, Clemson beats them. So I think they're a nine and three team with with Francois. So, and that's again, but that's at the time. I mean, and again, I think Michigan's a better win for Ohio State than it's been than it's uh, you know, it's a rivalry game, huge game, and went down to the fourth quarter. So that's where I disagree with you a little bit, but. Again, those are arbitrary points. I think what it comes down to is Ohio State, slightly better resume in a conference championship. Alabama didn't get beat by 31 at Iowa and didn't get beat at home badly by Oklahoma. All right, so I'm going to throw an idea out there. And I think there should be some weight to this. The, the idea that you don't – like Alabama is being pumped up ahead of Ohio State, right? Be, not pumped up, but in general, the argument is they have one loss. Ohio State has two. If you don't qualify for your um, championship game, I'm thinking that should be treated as a loss too. Like if you can't even get there to beat another good team, why? it almost feels like you're being given credit for a win that you didn't get. Well, Ohio State took that credit last year. And I – I honestly was not a huge fan of that. I didn't really care for the the logic behind it. They obviously had a better record, and and the argument last year was them or Penn State, uh, and Penn State beat them head to head, but they had that loss to Pitt, and I think a loss to Pitt was a little bit different than a loss to 
Oklahoma this year. But, I, yeah, I get what you're saying, and I, I think there was an argument to be made for both sides. Um, but I think if you were to look at overall resume last year, though, Ohio State's was still a little bit better. Well, the other they, thing they went over Oklahoma. The other thing I was going to say, you know, if you want to refer to Ohio State from last year, they were actually the three seed. And the fourth and final playoff spot came down to Penn State or Washington. And right. not going in and going into the conference championship weekend, when Ohio State sat out, they were number two going into that. And they ended up being three in the final standings that set the playoff bracket. And that's the thing that I just find really strange about this is, you know, the idea that Alabama is going to move up, they're they're not actually in the field right now. If it, if you were going on this week's rankings, they'd be out. I think they were, what, five? And the idea that they're going to move up and overtake teams and grab one of those final spots when they're not even playing and there's other teams that are playing conference championship games and winning and increasing their resume, that's the, the whole part of that that just seems incredibly odd to me and and why i have a hard time buying into the idea that that bama moves up and gets in well i i think they need a team to lose and then i'll i mean back to the ohio state thing there's like the dangerous thing with the playoff right now is that we talked about the precedent with ohio state last year it's not it's a rule rule reversal this year but not quite the same and then there's the 2015 example where i still think that was probably urban meyer's best team and they sat home because they lost one game. But the difference there was everybody that got in had one loss and Michigan state won the conference championship. So I, I get it both ways. It's going to make somebody really unhappy. If I had to guess, I, it's going to come by a nose either way. If, if the chalk holds like we think it's going to hold, I would guess that Alabama gets in by a nose and, and I just, but but that's my best guess. But I would not be surprised if it's Ohio State if they win by 14, 10 to 14 points. Because remember, Gene Smith's in that room. They I know he's not in the room when they're discussing Ohio State, but he's still in the room when those picks are made. And people have to look him in the eye and say, you're not in the playoff. And I just have a hard time believing that a Big Ten team would be left out when the Big Ten – to me, is the best conference in college football right now. Do If Alabama didn't have the track record they had, if they were in Alabama and they didn't have Nick Saban, if they were any, you could probably say if they were any other team outside of maybe like Ohio State, who has gotten obviously the benefit of the doubt on occasion, um, do they even have a prayer? Because I feel like everyone's been saying all year, at least the people that regularly watch Alabama have been saying this doesn't look like the same old Alabama. They're okay. They haven't really hit their stride. They haven't played that great, so on and so forth. What have they done to actually merit getting in? And if it wasn't Alabama who were so used to being in that position, would they even have a chance? Well, I think there's something to be said about wearing – they were number one all year. Until the last week of the season. Yeah, well, that sort of ties in the same thing. They wouldn't have been number number one all year if they weren't Alabama. The team were used to well, being number one. But but to play devil's <laughs> advocate, I mean, Ohio State always gets what they want too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. Not, and there's there's a couple not, teams there's a couple a, teams that get that. There's two. There's two. It's Alabama and Ohio State. Do you think and those are what, the only two? Really? 
This is the only two that get what they want consistently, get the benefit of the doubt right now. I mean, Clem, if you if Ohio State, you're to use your argument, if this is a two loss, if Michigan State's the two loss team playing for the Big Ten championship this weekend, you think they're getting the same benefit of the doubt as Ohio State? Not a chance. Not a chance. If, if they beat if they'd beaten Ohio State instead of losing forty eight to three. No, I'm saying you just flip Ohio State and Mich- Michigan State. Just everything they've done this year. Just give Ohio what Ohio State, what Michigan. Just pretend Ohio State's Michigan State. Yeah, there's they, no you, way. If you put green and white uniforms on Ohio State and call them the Spartans, and say they they lost to Iowa by 31, and they lost to Oklahoma by 15, and they beat all these other teams, there's no way they're getting treated the same way as Ohio State. If they beat Penn State and they beat Ohio State 48 to three, no, they're that with two losses, a two loss Michigan State team. You think a two-loss Michigan State team is getting the same benefit of the doubt as Ohio State? I, I, I would find that very hard to believe. I don't, I, Bill. I'm with you on this. Sorry, Trav. I, I don't mean to go against the family here, but I think he's got a good point on this one. <laughs> I, I don't totally disagree, but I don't think they'd be totally discounted either. They're, they'd be in position to win the best conference in football. But I mean, and that, they would that, have, and they would have way more impressive wins than Alabama. I think. I, I'm not sure that they – Ohio State might get some benefit. and Well, I'm sure they will. They'll definitely get a little benefit when it comes to maybe a head-to-head comparison over Alabama. But I don't think they'd be completely discounted at this point. USC is being discounted. I mean, they have a comparable resume to Ohio State too. They've get, they, they have a better – their losses are better than Ohio State's. They lost a th- by three at Washington State on the road – and got drilled at South Bend, but I mean, it was at least Notre Dame. It was a nine and three team, and USC is nowhere near the con- the playoff conversation. Well, the like, big, the Pac twelve is nowhere near the Big Ten either. It's not. I mean, they, they've got a lot of teams ranked. They've got Washington, Washington State. They've had to play Stanford twice. They played Texas. I mean, they played a good schedule. I mean, that Washington, if you look at Washington, I don't believe played USC. I'm, I'm just saying Washington's in the Pac-12. It's not like the Pac-12 isn't strong. But USC played – I bet you you go back and look at it, and I don't have it in front of me, that it would be comparable. And Reese Davis was railing on about that. That's not coming from me. I'm just saying USC has a good resume too. And that's the problem with this is once you let a two-loss team in, which is what we're doing this year, there's a lot of two-loss teams with a good case. I mean, what if Clemson loses? You put Clemson. Clemson's resume next to Ohio State's, it's pretty close. The only ranked team, the only team that's currently ranked that USC has beaten is Stanford, who they're playing again. And that was second week of the season. Right. There, there are the rest of their schedules, Washington State, who they lost to, Notre Dame, who they got destroyed by. Arizona was ranked, is not anymore. Is Washington State ranked? Well, they didn't beat They them. lost to Washington State. Fair. But I mean, that's not. I mean, it's it's comparable. I would say it's comparable, but that's not quite as good. And that's that's what makes these debates so intense. Because if we're arguing about this, I'm just saying, Alabama and Ohio State are the two teams, the two biggest powerhouses in college football. And I would rope Clemson in there now. I think Clemson's in that discussion. Those are the three programs in the country that are better than everybody else. So the committee is going to leave out somebody. They're going to leave them unhappy. 
I think I don't it, know if Clemson's at the point where they get the benefit of the doubt. I will I will 100% agree with you that Ohio State and Alabama to an even higher degree, I think, get a benefit of the doubt that nobody else gets. I don't think Clemson's quite at that point yet. I think well, if they had a slightly down year this year, I don't think they'd be. Right. You know, I don't think they'd. So I, I see what you're saying, though. I, I agree with you on that point. Um, I'll throw another point out there. And this was something that when the playoffs started, um, everyone said, you need to go out there. You're going to need to go out and schedule tough teams now. I think this year is proving that you absolutely should not schedule tough teams anymore. I agree with that. I, I think the regular season doesn't. This was the danger of the playoff to begin with, and for the people that want the eight-team playoff, the regular season doesn't mean as much. The conference championships don't mean as much. It's the only thing that matters now is getting to the playoff. And I mean, if Ohio State had steamrolled Kent State or Bowling Green in week two instead of scheduling a big game against Oklahoma, right? We're not even having this matter. conversation. Right. And last year, Washington played nobody. In the in their non-com play, I, I forget it was like Rutgers and uh, FCS team, and, and there was nobody. Wisconsin, who their best non-con win was, I mean, Florida Atlantic probably looks a little better now, but I mean, they played nobody. And I agree with you there. I think it's about, it, but it's just you as long as you have a couple big wins in in conference, you win a conference championship, you're in decent shape. You don't lose two, but this year, I mean, Auburn's Auburn's a lock to get in if they win, and that's an Auburn team. I mean, if you want to argue Auburn and Ohio State, I'd hear that out because Auburn blew a 20-point lead. Auburn quarterback got sacked 11 times against Clemson. They got hot in November. They pick up a couple wins, and here they are. They're, they're in the driver's seat. It's really unbelievable to me in some ways. All right, so, Bill, there's one thing you had mentioned kind of rewinding a little bit here. You had kind of thrown out the word precedent, and, you know, I think as you – especially if we get to Sunday morning and we have to have a a real discussion and it really comes down to Bama and Ohio State, you know, I think people on both sides are going to be trying to make their arguments based on precedents from the past three years of this playoff system – and, you know, it's just one of those things. I feel like in society in general, we just like having precedence. There's just that level of comfort and knowing if X, then Y. Um, the problem I have with that whole thing is what if the precedent, they got it wrong? Um, you know, I'm just thinking back to like, you know, this whole discussion we've had about how Ohio State's been treated by the committee over the last three years. So, I mean, you know, 2014, um, by being an outright conference champ, they get the nod and they leapfrog the two Big 12 schools that split the Big 12 title. And, uh, you know, it worked out. You know, they beat Alabama, they beat Oregon, they win the national championship. Yeah, it looks great. 2015, you know, Ohio State, like you said, that was probably Urban Meyer's best team. Uh, they get left out, even though they passed the eye test because their resume doesn't stack up with the conference. You know, they don't have a conference championship that year. And that was the, you know, the precedent that was set the year before. And then, you know, Michigan State has it and they go and get drilled in the playoff. And then you look at last year. Okay, so we're not going to say it's got to be a conference champ. We're going to let a team in even if they don't play in conference championship weekend. Well, then Ohio State go, gets to get in that way. And then they go and get killed by Clemson. So, you know, I just I feel like no matter like what precedent you're trying to pull from, maybe not necessarily the best move to go by because I 
I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world to be making it up as we go along here because it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you did it this way the year before, it was the right call. Oh, I agree. I mean, every year is a little bit different, and this one's played out a little bit differently. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Now, they always say four very best teams, and they do that constantly in, in the meetings every week, and I, I still think the four very best teams in the country – if I had to pick, would be Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Alabama, even though they lost to Auburn, because Auburn lost two games. And I'm still, on some level, wins and losses guy. And uh, But all, Alabama isn't playing for a conference championship. So, if But if I'm saying these are the teams I've seen all year, these are probably the four very best teams in the country, I would probably go with those four um, and I've seen all of them this year except for – and I'm going to see Auburn on Saturday. So I guess I can make that judgment with them then. But that's just off what I've seen during the year. Um, but that's not a perfect model. This is nowhere near perfect. I don't know that eight would be either, though. I still uh, – I feel like if we were doing eight – the three of us would be sitting here arguing over who's nine. And again, we're getting further away from, I want regular season games to have consequences. And, Thank you. And, you know, like imagine if Ohio State, Michigan play last week and it's a, they're already locked into the three, six game. It just wouldn't, it would still mean a lot because it's those two schools, but it just wouldn't mean as much. I'm telling you. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. And I've had this, I wasn't crazy about the playoff idea in general because I thought it would take a little bit away from the regular season. I don't, I think I've been wrong on that, but when you start talking about who should be eight or nine, does anyone actually think there's eight teams that are excellent and deserve a chance to play for a national title? I don't think so. Right. Um, I agree. Four or five. Yeah. You can make that argument, but when you start to reach lower, you go on that list the more you're letting teams in that just don't deserve it. Um, and and right now, there's a good chance that fourth team doesn't really deserve it. So why would we, Why would you want to expand that pool? Yeah. Um, go ahead, Tino. No, I was just going to say, it, I mean, from my perspective, until we get to the day where a Power 5 conference team goes undefeated and somehow gets left out, I, I just I don't ever feel a need to loot, to, to expand it beyond four. I just, you know, the minute you lose a game, I mean, it sucks, but you, you, at that point, you are opening up doubt. You, you're, you know, leaving your fate in somebody else's hands to some degree or another. Um, I, I like the four. Um, you might at some point drag me kicking and screaming into six. Oh God, I'm going to hate six. When you <laughs> arbitrarily pick two guys to get two teams to get, get a week off. Yeah, that, that introduces a burner of a game the week before. That's just terrible. Yeah, I'm that, sorry. That's, that introduces that's a, a whole other uh, pot of problems, I guess. But uh, all right, Bill, you uh, you're going to be at the SEC game. Do we know what the Auburn running back situation is? Because uh, they they had a couple guys go down in that uh, that Iron Bowl this past weekend, right? Right. They didn't say anything on the teleconference. They're uh, being kind of coy about on Johnson's status. Um, so we'll see. I, I think that's going to be an interesting game. To, I, I think it's more on Georgia this time. You know, they got drilled by him the first time. What do they do to offset Auburn being in the box? 
with the eight and nine guys, can they establish a running game? They are going to, I think, one little difference in that game. It's going to be down in Atlanta. There's going to be a lot of Georgia fans. That will be a little difference. I think they'll feed off that. But it comes down to can Jake Fromm make some plays with his arm? Because if he can't, that's going to be a very similar result to last time. But because both of these schools, and Bama's not there, and both of these schools know one of them's going to get in, I think this is going to be the most intense game of the day. I, I really do. I think they're going to go at it, and it's going to be close. It's going to be fun. I still like Auburn, but uh, I, I think it's going to live up to expectations. All right. Big Ten championship game. What uh, What are we looking for from Ohio State and Wisconsin? Well, I mean, GT Barrett's status for starters. That was another bizarre thing. We didn't even touch on the, the camera thing that happened. I was in that press conference. I've never seen Urban Meyer so angry that he beat Michigan by 11. <laughs> I mean, it was it was truly bizarre, but I think he's going to be okay. Um, Wisconsin's really good defensively. I think it's a one-score, 10-point type game, but I can't pick against Ohio State because I just don't trust Alex Hornerbrook in this game. I think Ohio State's defensive line will get home. Uh, you know, somebody will ha- come up with a big interception. For the, for the Buckeyes, of course, the key will be slowing down Jonathan Taylor in that big offensive line. But, you know, I, I don't trust Hornerbrook in this game. Trev, do you have thoughts on Ohio State-Wisconsin? He literally took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I think if – I don't think – um, I don't think the Ohio State defensive backs are going to have any trouble at all guarding or uh, defending the Wisconsin wide receivers, which should allow the Ohio State defensive line to just be in the backfield all day. Um, as long as they can stop the running game, I think I think it could be a pretty quick and painless game for Ohio State. Not to say that Wisconsin's defense isn't also incredibly you know, they've been incredibly good this year, but um, I have a hard time. I have a hard time picturing a way that Wisconsin manages to score more than Ohio State. Bill, let me ask you this, and Trev, you might even know the answer to this. Obviously, Big Ten champion, if, uh, if it does not get into the playoff in most years, would go to the Rose Bowl. But because the Rose Bowl is one of the playoff semifinals this year, is there a specific bowl that um, – like Ohio State would go to if they would win on Saturday and and not make the playoff? Are they, are they tied to any specific bowl, or is it just one of the New Year's Six Bowls? I think I think Penn State will probably go to the Cotton Bowl. So I think, unfortunately, I know Ohio State fans don't want to hear this, but I think if they don't go to the playoff, they're probably going to end up in the Fiesta Bowl for the 900th <laughs> time. I mean, I think, I think that's like their default setting bowl, right? I'm pulling up my bowl projections from this week now. And I think that's where I threw them. Look real quick. I had Ohio State in the festival playing the USC Trojans. So that Trav argument we had about USC, they could settle it out there. But uh, in a game that I think Ohio State would win, by the way. So uh, I was just playing to have some fun. But uh, yeah, I think Ohio State and Penn State definitely look good there. And then I I think – you know, from what I've heard, Michigan State will probably be in the Citrus Bowl, and Michigan will probably be in the Outback Bowl, and those are those SEC specials. And, you know, Tom, and 
that's my favorite time of year because I, I do love when Big Ten and SEC schools hook up in the bowl games. Those are always fun. It seems like they, they've got those lined up in, in several bowl games. I like that. That uh, always makes it uh, fun around uh, New Year's. That uh, that should be good. And uh, fingers crossed maybe we'll uh, see something uh, along those lines in the playoff as well. That, uh, you know, you never know. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out here. Um all right. Any other, uh, Trav? Any other questions for Bill about uh, the college football playoff? No, no, not really. I guess Bill, if you had, to, it sounds like if you had to put your money on it right now, you're probably going chalk, and then Alabama getting that fourth spot. Well, I, I, again, I think I want to see the emotion of the day, though. I, I think right, but we wins. don't get to have you on on the day, Bill. Yeah. We need a prediction well, now. If I have to. Look- if I have to sign it, I'd probably say Alabama by a nose. But if, like I said, I would couch that with Ohio State comes out and blows Wisconsin's doors out because I always go back to we talked about it a little bit. I, I remember fourteen. I was at the ACC championship game. Florida State was beating, I, I believe it was Georgia Tech that night, and they were just mowing them down. And I was just every time I looked down at my computer, Ohio State was scoring another touchdown. And I said to the guy next to me, I said. I I don't care what TCU and Baylor did today. They're going to jump to four. And uh, they did get four, I think, right? So they yep. ended up four in yep. that one. Yep. And, um, you know, there's that, that thing about conference championship weekend. And remember, the motion of the game and the fact that this committee doesn't have like, you know, with me, and, and I, I've talked to Tom about this before, with this sport, like for me it takes a day most of the time kind of to separate the emotion from Saturday. And I don't really, I'm not really thinking straight till Monday. They have like 12 hours. So if Ohio state puts one on Wisconsin, it's like 38 to 10. I think they would get in over, uh, get in over Alabama. And I'm not the first one to make this observation, but I think Ohio state playing in the big 10 championship game at night and having the last conference championship game to go on basically on you know prime time in the in the whole nine yards that kind of that's the last impression that the committee gets before it gets to be decision time and i i think that matters and i think that helps it's huge it's huge and that's uh you know like i said and these are two huge fan bases and we had some fun with it earlier but i know you know, I, I always kid with some of my friends. I was like, it's Ohio State. They're, they'll get in. The, I was making jokes three weeks ago that they'll jump three spots for that team losing. But uh, um, one of these two fan bases is going to be really upset. And, and I can see it from the committee both ways. I mean, if you put Alabama in, then you're you're valuing the regular season and those kind of things. And, and if you put Ohio State in, you're valuing resume and the uh, – you know, conference championship and that you're forgiving them for a couple losses. It's, it's fun. It's hard to sort out. There's a lot of emotion in it, but uh, you know, with me, it'll be a nice departure from sitting here all week looking at the Tennessee dysfunction. I want to, I want to actually cover a game guys. Well, you're going to be getting a good one this weekend. That's uh, that's good stuff. I was, I was assuming you were going to Indianapolis, but uh, getting the, the SEC game, that's, that's not a bad assignment at all. I'll take it for the weather. I mean, you know, I'm down here in Pickerington. You guys are probably a little bit colder. And then next weekend, as you know, Tom, from our college days, I'm a my reward will be – here's a fearless prediction for you guys because I'm a diehard Packers fan. Taking my son up there next week, and that will be the Browns' win. That that will be the Browns' win. They'll, they'll find a way to beat the Packers because I'm going up there, and most of my buddies are Browns fans. 
Oh, well, if your buddy's a Browns fan and if he's going to be there, he's going to be one of few. I that a lot of a lot of folks dressed up as orange seats for the remainder of those home games. But uh, yeah, it's been slim pickings out there the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, just before uh, we we let you go, uh, Bill. You know, speaking of championship football, we also have the high school state football championships going on this weekend. Uh, they're back in Stark County this year after a couple seasons in Columbus. And a um, couple of teams uh, from our neck of the woods are going to be playing uh, Menor on Friday night. And uh, are they playing a school from uh, from your area there? Is that Do I have that right? Pickerington? Well, my, kid go, my kid's in the Pickerington school system and Pickerington Central. And I made this joke last year. So we moved to Pickerington last year, and the basketball team went directly to the state championship game, and the uh, football team's now in the state championship game. And uh, I won't take all the credit, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, it's a good area down here. Pick Central's really good. Um, I still follow that a little bit. As you know, when I got out of college, I did a little bit of uh, preps work down here in Ohio and Central Ohio. And, you know, that's always a fun weekend. I still tell people I remember going – to a state championship game my senior year in high school and uh, watching Ment, uh, Moeller and Kent McKinley. And the, and the stands were pull, full. And, you know, this is a state, and I can feel the passion with you guys. We are passionate sports fans if you grew up in Ohio from high school all the way up. And, you know, that's part of the reason I'm glad I've been back here for a few years after living away for a while. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we've got Menor playing Pickerington Central on Friday night, and then the other school from our area, Kirtland, going to be playing, I think it's Division Six on Saturday morning. And it just kind of took me back, and you just talk about the passion of you know football fans in this state. I could, One of my favorite things when I was growing up, my dad took me to a lot of high school football playoff games, and the best of that was, I think we did this at least one year, if not two, um, where there was um, Lake Catholic playing in a state championship game and St. Ignatius was playing in one. And one of them was in the morning and the other one was like the 8 o'clock game at night. So we would go to the one over at Massillon and then spend the afternoon at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and then get dinner and then go next door to Fawcett at the Hall of Fame there and catch the other game at night. And um, one of my favorite memories from childhood, so... You know, just when you get to that weekend again, it just kind of brings back the memories. And, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be another fun weekend for a lot of fans around here. And, and it sounds like your area as well. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, uh, you know, you check out all our work at Sporting News. We threw up a lot of content this week. And, and, you know, I appreciate you guys following me on Twitter and the Angry Bender series and all the fun we've had there. Um, I, I always kind of, you know, after this weekend, it's like, you get to take a deep breath and kind of the blur of the season. I mean, Travis mentioned it. It's like, it wasn't that long ago that we were sitting there and watching Ohio state of Oklahoma. And now we're already here. It just goes. So college football is the one season that so intense, so passionate. And I think it goes faster than the rest of them. It really does. It just goes by. And, and, and before you know, it'll be January 1st. No chance that between now and the New Year's Day polls that you might be able to bribe your employer to send you to go cover our alma mater, is there? <laughs> no, I wish. You know, I went down for the uh, – I put a hex on them. It's my fault. They uh, Oh, they look great I when, you, when the, you were there. Yeah, they, they drilled Toledo when I went down and, and got to talk to Frank. And, 
you know, all those kind of things. And then, you know, they lose to Akron, they lose to Buffalo and, you know, Toledo's a good team. Toledo Woodside, I think will get a shot in the NFL. Um, Jason Candle's an up and coming coach and that's a good program. And I think I couldn't believe it, Tom, that when I went down there or up there over the summer that they hadn't won a MAC championship since 2004. It seemed like close, but I don't feel sorry for them because if you're an OU guy, I mean, we're still looking for that first one since 1968. Yeah, we've been in it several times since Frank's been coaching, but uh, not a bad consolation prize for the Bobcats going down to the Bahamas for their bowl game. So, um, you know, it, we'll take it, I suppose. But, uh, Bill, this has been a lot of fun. Trav, anything else from you? No, I'm good. Thanks for the time, Bill. Appreciate it a lot. Yeah, Bill, uh, I know this is uh, always one of your busiest weeks of the year, so taking the time to uh, – chat with us and uh, fight with us for 45 minutes about college football. Uh, definitely appreciate it. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks again. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's the most, most fun to debate about. I'm sure, uh, you know, it's just a little bit, uh, the Alabama and Ohio state fans, they'll be going at it on Twitter, but thanks again, Tom. Uh, anytime you guys want to do this again soon, we'll do it. Appreciate it. All right, as we close up shop, a few reminders. More ways than ever to listen to our show. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or for you Android users, got uh, Google Play. Uh, Don't be afraid to leave us a review if you're subscribed on uh, one of those platforms. Um, In addition to our own website, thenailpodcast.com, we're now posting our episodes on waitingfornextyear.com. Uh, we're really excited about that. It's great to be working with those guys. And speaking of which, if you check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast, you'll see we posted a story today from WFNY. Uh, they did their own roundtable discussion on uh, some different uh, college football playoff scenarios, uh, kind of building off a lot of the discussion that we had on here tonight. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, our thanks again to Bill Bender for joining us. Uh, we are going to be back soon, probably talking about the fallout from all these games this weekend. So for Trev Shuley, I am Tom Valentino. It's been the nail in the coffin, and we'll catch you soon. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast